What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. April is a huge month for TV, and starting this weekend, the Recapables feed returns to give you in-depth analysis on your favorite TV shows, including Killing Eve, Billions, and many more. There will also be a special Precapables series on the Recapables feed on the final season of Game of Thrones, where our staff forecasts what will happen every Sunday on the show. So make sure to subscribe now before the premiere of Killing Eve and Game of Thrones on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Hunt. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're listening to this. You're listening to, listening to and you are listening to the you're listening, listening, you're listening, you're listening to the Mask Man the Show. Man the Mask Man Show. Mask Man Show. The Mask Man Show. Mask Man Show. Mask Man Show. Welcome. A very special bonus edition of the Mask Man Show WrestleMania Weekend Edition. I'm here in the Ringer's Brooklyn studio with my heel producer Jim, and uh, we are about to watch all 45 hours of WrestleMania. But before <laughs> that happens, we want to take a little break in the hectic WrestleMania weekend here in New York City to talk about what we've seen so far. We saw NXT take over New York in Brooklyn on Friday night. We saw the Ring of Honor New Japan G1 Super Show Supercard on on Saturday. Um, we watched the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, well, I watched it on the WWE Network, bef- but before that, I watched it on uh, in snippets on uh, cell phone videos. As <laughs> oh, yeah. much as many people watched what was going on at G1, um, we will talk about NXT. But before that, the two craziest things that have happened in pro wrestling in a while happened. Within the span of about 30 minutes of one another yeah, on Saturday night. Definitely within an hour. Um, first of all, we're sitting at G1. It was a fantastic show. Start to finish, just really amazing. As much as, if it had been a bad show, and it wasn't, it was great. If it had been a bad show, it would have been worth it just to go to MSG and see wrestling. Right. Like, that's where they should be running NXT. Even though I know they, like, they get Barclays yeah, for free. They like, they got to do it, whatever. But, like, it's it's cool to do a four-night stand at Barclays Center. I, I get the whole thing. But MSG just has so much fucking history. Yeah. Even and in it, our section, it had the Roddy Piper boots and Hulk Hogan outfit from WrestleMania oh, yeah, like in 1. The, in the, or in WrestleMania the, 2. Yeah, the hallway cool. right yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. It, was it was so cool. And it's just, like, I've said this a million times on the show, but people talk about bad crowds and good crowds, and those are those are real things. But there's something about the physics of a, of a good venue that you can like at the very simple, on the very like most easy to understand level, you can just start a chant in the middle of the arena and it just carries enough for other people to catch on. Right. Mm-hmm. Or that there has, there's that feeling of bubbling life throughout the whole thing. And MSG certainly has that. Yeah. My, the first show I ever covered for grantland.com was a survivor series, I believe at MSG. And it was, I don't know, it was the first one. I saw Hogan make his big return to to help Shawn Michaels against um, Muhammad Hassan at MSG. What the hell? 
I saw. Well, you're a noob. My first show at well, MSG. I didn't grow up in New York City. <laughs> what was your first show at MSG? My first show at MSG. I Googled it the other day. April 1989. So 30 years ago this month. Hogan versus Big Boss Man in a cage. Wow. The best. Wow. I know. That's a really cool match. Is yeah. that that's probably on the network, huh? It's definitely I found it like on Daily Motion or it's something. You there, can definitely see network. it. Yeah. Cause MSG used to like tape the house shows. Yeah, all of the uh, yeah, it was all so of the cool stuff. Yeah, you could like watch all the house shows. I'll look it up right fun. now. Um But listen, the, so so we're sitting there at MSG, sitting next to uh the Brian Campbell. The Kenny Herzog. The Kenny Herzog. The Brian Campbell and his crew from State of Combat. Yeah, the CBS, the, the CBS, the Bullet Club of CBS. Um, yeah, exactly. And they were, and and all of a sudden, Campbell's like, Shoemaker, you hear that Bret Hart got tackled? And I was just like, what the, What are you talking about? <laughs> and so then all, they were start getting text messages. We start seeing tweets and then the, the video starts coming up. So Bret Hart's inducing, inducting Anvil into the Hall of Fame and a wacko in a Rasta hat yep. jumps into the ring, tackles Bret, Immediately is like waylaid by Dash Wilder. Dash came and later. Like Rhonda's husband. Rhonda's husband. Travis Brown was there. Uh, Heath Slater was there. I mean, by you yeah, know, there was a Slater's lot of people in the ring. Outfit. It looked like Shane was immediately in the ring. I think there was a lot of the Hart Foundation relatives, the wrestlers. Yeah, that were there. Um, did you see the video? Even like as Triple H is in there, everyone's like wrestling this guy. I didn't see any good shots actually being thrown, but I'm sure there were. I didn't see any of those full videos every video i saw was him either getting tackled and it cutting out or the guy already on the ground tackled but that one video when braun comes stomping over right at the end of the video like ready to kill somebody it's great yeah yeah so that was wild right i mean that's just a really weird thing to have happened yeah well you know you always complain and talk about how the hall of fame is it's so boring. The the induction. Maybe the guy and was how, listening to the podcast. How cool it was going to be. How cool it was, was that they like, were doing I'll, it. I'll help Shoemaker. I also said I'll how cool it was that they did bidding. it. They were doing it in the middle of the ring, which made yeah. it a, everything a lot more accessible. Yeah. What a moron. God. I think this guy was, judging by what, what is what is someone presented <laughs> to me as his Twitter page, what you sent to me and said, yeah. this is his Twitter profile. The guy's clearly troubled. Yeah. And which makes wearing, it even more dangerous. The, uh, the Rasta hat. I mean, that should have been a red flag. Yeah. Regular um, green flag. Now, yeah, I hope there's not like indie wrestlers who just start walking out in Rasta hats just to get heat. Well, I know, yeah. I wonder how many people are going to be wearing those Rasta dread hats at WrestleMania today. Because they'll be the real heroes. No. <laughs> They're all going to get kicked out. That's like holding up a uh, WCW sign like back in the day. Anyway, that was really wild. Uh, it was a cool Hall of Fame ceremony overall. Um, but that was certainly like the big. Beat that was the of first it. big run-in of the night. <laughs> um, it's kind of, but it's 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 um, yeah. Wow, it's scary. It's really scary, and it's yeah. interesting. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how that spins out. It was Has like anyone it was like the number him? one story on CBS Sports. Like yeah, I mean, I CBS on, in general on, like, on the post. Like people were like taking it really seriously. Oh yeah, people were pissed. And what about our second run-in of the evening? Yeah, speaking of other promotions stirring up controversy, definitely like the biggest, the craziest moment at the G1 Supercard. And I mean this, I believe, is a great compliment, but it's hard not to be a little bit conflicted by it given the surrounding events, was after the 
four-way tag team match for IWGP and Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. I hope I got all that right. Which had the Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, sp- by the way, spoiler alert for everything that follows. If you, I know it's hard to keep up with all this stuff, but like, there, it's impossible for me to talk about it without right. talking about it. The Gorillas of Destiny beat Villain Enterprises after uh, PCO did some of the craziest spots that we were, all the crazy <laughs> bumps that we were expecting to see out of him. Uh, Los Ingo, uh, oh man, I'm going to mess that wrong. I'll just say Evil and Sonata and the Briscoe brothers. Um, at the end of the match, there was sort of a hubbub around the ring and we were looking at him, looking down and we're like, hey, what's going on? It's like, oh, it looks like the Briscoe brothers are punching a fan. And yeah. first of all, that's a little bit like, I can buy that. Well, for a second, also, you could see up on the big screen above, like, whatever it's called. The Jumbotron The, the or Jumbotron above the ring, that uh-huh. screen. They did show it for a second, these guys fighting, like, right against the rail, and then it, like, cut away, like, the camera pulled away, and then it was, like, obviously a weird, like... Then they were only cut, showing... And they would not show, and there's all this action going on. There's Bubba all this, Ray does there is a, there is a Yeah, Bubba Ray, or sorry, Bully Ray runs yeah. in from the back as fast yeah. as he can go and starts swinging on the fans that have jumped in. The cameras are only showing the the gorillas celebrating in the ring, celebrating their victory in the ring. They won't even like, there's not even a background shot of what's going on. Like they're just f- focused in on them, but they're keeping the feed going. Now I know some of this is it's a digital feed. Like there's yeah. no commercial to throw to, but right. uh, are there, I mean, may not have been. Also on the video, on the TV feed or whatever, the web feed, people said they were not mentioning the actual fight. Yeah, they're not talking Defense, about it yeah. at all. So, um, but meanwhile, we're looking down there and I'm just like, oh, dude, some dude is like, I really thought it was a, like a, a wild fan that, you know, took a swing at one of the Briscoes. And then the Briscoes took a swing, you know, decided to go after him. And then Bully Ray comes down because he's like the, you know, the conscience of the wrestling world. And he's just like, if any fan gets involved, especially after what happened to Brett tonight, that that fan is going to die. Right. And then, and so all this fighting is going on, and then from up there, we're at some point. You're, I I think we're all just sort of like, dude, that is a that that fan has a lot of blonde hair on top. Yeah, I think someone thought it was Juice, Juice's partner from the match before. Oh, Mark Haskins. Yeah, Yeah, someone said that, and then well, that's what it looked like because when Bully looks like Enzo, he's a small guy with the long blonde hair. When Bully ran, when Bully ran down for sure. When Bully ran down. yeah, it was like I think we all sort of, of it was a long card. I, everyone that I talked to has confused that for like the moment that it happened with the Schmaz match that Bully Ray was had been involved with earlier. Yeah, which which ended right. up being kind of a lot of fun. But no, in in this from where I was sitting, I never realized a match started. It was all kind of it was right. very weird. But that was uh, Bully Ray and his crew against Lifeblood, and it yeah. was like tables and anything goes. And so then Bully Ray's down there, and then like you, you do think he's brawling with. Haskins, because Haskins, yeah, it's about the same size, and but so yeah. there's all that confusion. But at some point, and then like, you know, like in WWE, whenever they would do that, get that that spot where like Braun Strowman would be getting attacked by like twelve jobbers, but then he would like like a pull apart, pop, he oh, would yeah, pop yeah, yeah. out, and they would all go flying. Right. I swear to God, Big Cass did that. Like, like he was not there, <laughs> and then he was just tossing people off, right, and like taking swings. Yep. So anyway, Big Cass and Enzo Amore, whatever they're going to be called, are down there at ringside at the Ring of Honor show starting, quote-unquote, shoot fights with like the with the talent. From our vantage point also, we should say, we were like in the exact corner from the corner they were fighting in, like behind it. We were in the we, same corner, yeah, we but were, we were just like a million yeah, like, seats back. Yeah, exactly. We were back behind like the entrance. So, but, so if you wanted to believe that this was a shoot, it was totally conceivable, right? If you mm-hmm. wanted to believe that it was real, 
what you what you thought was even once you knew it was Enzo and Cass, what you thought was Enzo was there doing the same thing he did at that WWE show, like trying to put himself over. Exactly. And he like pops off. Maybe he jumps the railing. Whatever. The Briscoes are like nah, and just go just to start destroying him. Bully Ray comes out again, not knowing if it's Enzo or not, and starts beating the shit out of him. And then. Big even, Cass, who was there in the crowd, this is again. I'm making. I'm writing the storyline as if it's real. Then yes. Big Cass says, "You can't like my friend's a dick, but you can't hit him." And so he jumps in and starts swinging too. Right. And then, um, yeah, the camera people are just like, just they, I mean, literally, cameramen there have dropped their cameras. Like they're yeah. like, "We're not. We we are not shooting this thing." Right. Um. Now, if you want to believe it's work, you're like, "This is the greatest work of all time," because of all of the reasons we just gave you to make you think it's true. Yeah. I was thinking what it looked like because I saw some of the shots like Big Cass threw at Billy Ray and uh, Bully Ray or Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, there were some much more serious looking punches being thrown, but still not completely serious. But also guys like just getting choked out in like a guillotine. There was a serious guillotine yeah. at one point, and there, uh, there was a moment. The, there was a moment where it looked like Bully Ray got cold cocked by Cass. Cass. Yeah, when he was going after Enzo, but like and, yeah, and then Bully we Ray saying, did a really good job of like. He was just selling on one knee for the next like two minutes. Like he yeah. had just been concussed. Yeah. But he may have. But it does seem like they were trying to do some stunt and those guys kind of went after him. And then like halfway through, it could be like, you know, they could be like, it's it's a work, bro. It's work. Like half the people don't know who are involved. Cause uh Haku's kids, what are their names? The Gorillas of Destiny. Oh yeah. Like they just stared at what that was, was going almost the on, weirdest part and is they, they had no idea. They were just like, "What the hell's going on?" One even walked over. I wish Haku got in there and beat the crap out of everybody, since he's the toughest race. badass. He's like, "You're taking away my kid's spotlight." Fuck you guys. Yeah. Just goes in there. But yeah, the the gorillas are get on the, as they leave the ring. They know something's going on because they're so trying so hard to ignore it. Then they yeah. get out of the ring. And as they're standing on the apron, they kind of look over, yeah. and one of them, yeah, just looks, even gets, walks, walks over. over and he's, <laughs> like, he's holding the belt. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Is this a work? I don't know." Yeah. I'm like, should I get involved? And then he leaves, and then like thirty guys come out of the back, wrestlers in street clothes. Yeah. Um, the only here, here, here but there was no security. There's yeah. If you want, okay, if you want to break down all the reasons why it's it was clearly a work. You were all saying it's a work. I still think it's real. It was a shame. This is what in happens when head. you're like Jim and you don't watch wrestling for like 20 <laughs> years of your life. You're still stuck in that teenage mindset of everything might be real. But um, yeah, that's all I had to give up. It was too real. I was like, it was just too real. Anymore. It's too real. So they had, yeah. I mean, there was no MSG security. There was no police presence. Uh, Enzo and Cass, as far as we know, aren't good friends. They've made up to, they've reconciled to some extent, but there wouldn't, I, I can't find it hard to imagine they'd just be going to the G1 supercard together because they're chummies, because they're chums. If there was any kind of shoot fight, somebody would have been knocked out cold within the first 45 seconds of it, probably Enzo. Like, if you've ever watched a fight on YouTube, you but it know. It looks like they, him and what's his name squared off for a second, and they were kind of going at it. No, I know they were doing. They were throwing real haymakers and shit like that. I'm just They're saying, just if you've ever out. seen a real fight, and if you haven't, go to YouTube and yeah. search the word "fight." What yeah. you will see is that like somebody ends up like eventually unconscious, like, frozen, falling onto their back within yeah. five seconds like, of a fart of a fight starting. That's yeah. just how a fight works, especially when people are just swinging yeah. wild haymakers. Yeah, but now when all those guys are S A W W F T, whatever the hell he says. Oh man. Um. So anyway, that happened. That was nuts. Enzo and Cass leave through the crowd. The wrestlers that came out to sort of break things up sort of like peel back off and go backstage. We were, um, a couple minutes later, I was uh, 
I went to go get beer or something, and we were next to those three security guards, and I heard one say something along the lines of, yeah, they did blah, blah, blah to make it look more real, and they were all kind of chuckling, because I was wondering why the security didn't do anything. And I wondered if that had to do with the Enzo run-in, or they were just talking about professional wrestling in general. Oh, man. Who knows? Enzo and Cass have both tweeted since then. Cass tweeted, Garden Party and Enzo. Bada-boom. Shootiest guys in the room. Hashtag still certified was his entire tweet. Um, (laughs) Still certified what? Dickhead? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah, and Cass is wearing a still certified t-shirt. More like certifiable. You know what I mean? Hey. <laughs> oh, doing that. Okay, so that was absolutely nuts. So Bret Hart gets attacked for real by a crazy person who probably like, I can't wait. I, I just, I hope that, I hope that it's, I mean, I hope that this is not a fucking thing. What if that? I hope that this kid is okay. I mean, oh. I, I hope that he goes to jail, but also, hope, I mean, this is going to be, I, whatever. We're going to find out that he's a, this is like he's a conspiracy theorist and thinks that Bret Hart did something terrible. He thinks he's like a, the Joker too. The he, kid? Yeah, he was tweeting about like no, his. Let's not talk about the kid. Right. Well, he's twenty six year old man, by the way. So fuck that guy. No, seriously. Unless, def- unless, definitely fuck that guy. But I don't need to like spread right, the gospel of that guy. Okay, what about this? The conspiracy theories. I presented this to you after the Enzo run in. Which happened about an hour or half hour, hour after the Bret Hart okay, run in. This I can get into. This is a conspiracy theory. Triple H, Stephanie, or Vince himself catch wind of the Enzo big cast plan for the run in. And to upstage that run in, they have this kid run in on Bret Hart. Are you Hart. presenting your own conspiracy theory yes. as the world's conspiracy yes. theory? Well, yeah, or it's just whatever. Um, but Vince has this kid run in on Bret Hart to take. The shine away from the Enzo running. Meh? Pretty good. No, that's terrible. If Brett, if what, you don't think Vince screwed Brett again? Come on. There's some history. I do there. think if you wanted to spin this in the, in the most possible <laughs> the if you want, craziest if, conspiracy if you, theory. No, I was saying last night, if you want to make a funny gimmick out of this, and you it did not need to be a funny gimmick, but if you no. wanted to do it, it would be funny if like like they they tried they inducted Jim the Anvil Nightheart again next year because he didn't formally get inducted. Like if that if the gimmick became that the induction failed because it was interrupted, and then every year we in, we induct Jim the Anvil Nightheart, but he gets interrupted somehow. Like Pete Rose, yeah, <laughs> he's like the new Pete Rose. Yeah, I'm sure his family would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh man. Uh, anyway, I I think some indie wrestlers do have to start a stable where they all wear those stupid hats with the fucking dreads. Now that all of that is said and all that is done, wait. I'm, as we're talking to this, I'm I'm googling I'm googling up uh, the coverage of both of these things online. So the guy that like attacked Brett is, faces two counts of third degree assault, criminal trespass, and one other misdemeanor charge, according to the NYPD. Yeah. And what do Enzo and Cass face? Lifetime employment. <laughs> So they don't have an article about them running in. How? Do, why did no one call the police? Because you can't teach that. Um, but it's great because I'm like, here's the deadspin piece, and it says this is about the Brett thing. If it was a work, everyone involved was quite committed to it. Also, what would have, what would have been the purpose of having someone tackle a 61 year old Brett Hart? Um, it's funny though that like 
we don't we i mean this is what's great about pro wrestling as terrible and tragic as this is is like we were going to spend we spent a whole night talking about these two things and whether or not they were real (laughs) (laughs) it's true we did not go to sleep we've been up talking about them all night wow just absolutely nuts so what you know what would have been really bad though is if the there's no way that the, the the Hall of Fame thing was a work, but if they tried to work a gimmick like that ever, and this is why you can't if you're WWE, you can get away with this shit if you're Ring of Honor. Yeah, because you don't want to. But you can't do it. But if you, but if you, um, if it was a work, like some innocent person who you employed just got the shit beat out of them by Travis Brown. Like yeah. Travis, like Travis Brown's like not in on. No matter what, no one's gonna be like. Did anyone tell Ronda's husband that we're playing a gimmick tonight? And <laughs> right. then he's just in there like beating the like yeah. mercilessly. And Andrew Goldstein someone. runs in. Yeah. And like, no, no, it's a work. Um uh, what else we need to talk about? So let's go, let's run through. Well, let's run through NXT. I mean, let's run through Ring of Honor first, because we were on that subject, right? Just we'll just go through the highlights of stuff we liked. Jeff Cobb versus Will Ospreay was everything that I hoped it would be. Uh maybe a little bit shorter. And it was the first match of the main card. So, like, you know, it was lacking a little bit in, like, esteem. But those two guys can work together for always. I mean, it was really cool. Uh, Rush squashed Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle finally turned on his young boy ring attendants and beat the crap out of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Gave on a -a spin-a-rooney or whatever that's called. Yeah. Dalton Castle's great. Um Let's see what else. There was that big schmozzity schmoz thing between the Lifeblood crew and Bully Ray's crew. Um, Yeah, it had originally started with a rapper in the ring. And then Bully Ray came out and beat up the rapper. And then somehow... It was a chain. Yeah, and then somehow like Flip Gordon was in there at some point who wasn't supposed to be in the match because it was supposed to be Bully... He called out Juice Robinson, but Juice didn't make it for some reason, but that was all a sort of... That was a lie... Yeah. Um, that was strange. We that, had no idea the match had started. Yeah, and then there all of a sudden there was a bell. Like, it was like it was over. I think when Juice Robinson came out, he said, now this is going to be three on three. But they had, like, the bag of... He's like, it's not going to be like, three the on one. And everyone's like, uh, you were supposed to be here a couple minutes ago, and it was supposed to be one on one. Where have you been? It was very strange. It was a very strange... I mean, from where we were sitting. But it was cool. I mean, like, I'm glad I got to see Juice and, and Flip Gordon and all those dudes. It was cool. Shane Taylor's, I think... Definitely my top five right now. I'm just kidding. But Silas Young, I've always loved. You do love Silas Young. You guys are gushing over him. Ring of Honor has an incredible stable of, and I know that height doesn't matter like it used to matter or whatever, but Ring of Honor has an incredible stable of dudes who would just be like WrestleMania main eventers if they were six inches taller. Right. But they're just, you know, it's a great time to be a successful small guy in wrestling, I guess. Did uh, Kenny King, I guess, is in that category too. Um, so anyway, then we, then Dragon Lee and Bandito and, and Ishimori had their match. Dragon Lee won. It was very brief, but we got a couple of big spots. We got Bandito doing that like insane flipping, like backflip, double body slam off the top rope. Yeah, it was kind of like the NXT women's had done something a little similar. It's almost like a fireman's, but it wasn't a fireman. Double, it, was, it was like a it double like Samoan drop. Basically. Yeah, it was something crazy. Yeah. By the way, we missed the women's match here. Do we want to talk about Kelly Klein won. She's great. Yep. Uh, Now, I'm not trying to go through everything here. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to talk about Zack Sabre Jr. Um, Wow. Kota uh, Bushi beat Naito in in, 20 minutes. That was like a really great, really, really great match. That was the first match when everybody was just like, okay, we're here. Like, this is why we're here. This is a classic. It was really fucking good. Yeah, that reminded me of like back in the day when like tape trading, like you'd watch these like 
classic matches. I want to say for the for the Ring of Honor World Championship match, we were watching the little pre-taped interviews, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to embrace Matt Taven. Like he's my new guy, even though I've like from the mo- the first moment I saw him, I was just like, no, I hate this. Get guy. him away from me. <laughs> yep. Like he had that like X Pac heat for me from, and this is dating back forever until he was with when he was with Truth Martini. And like whatever, like he just looked like a guy playing a wrestler. Like it was just right. so, and yeah, and his and continued presence and climb up the Ring of Honor card just seemed like, like they signed him to like a lifetime contract a while ago, and it just both sides are trying to make the best of the situation. Like, <laughs> but anyway, Matt Taven was really, really good, and I was just he like, was. I'm glad I opened my heart and mind to him. And uh, Jay Lethal was really good. Marty Scroll was obviously really good, um, and they wrestled half an hour. Amongst a bunch of ladders. Yeah. They made that X ladder and then almost that, killed someone in the that, crowd. But yeah, why don't we talk about that earlier? We're may, maybe more uh, potentially worse of a crowd situation than either of the things <laughs> that we discussed at the top of the show. Jay Lee, they had a the, two of the ladders were crisscross. Crisscrossed into an X. Like yeah. they shoved one ladder through the rungs of the middle of another ladder until they stuck. And then they it used was that. cool and it like actually balanced out. It was, it was like really good solid. move. I don't know yeah. if anyone's ever done that yeah, before, I but I don't remember it. it. And it's wild that no one's thought of it. But Matt Taven, I think, got like slammed onto it or yeah, something like that. Matt Taven took a bunch of weird front like chest bumps when like you would normally be taking a back bump. Like when he jumped out of the ring onto that ladder at the very beginning of the match. Yeah, he just exactly. went like <laughs> forearms first into the ladder. Like it wasn't like it yeah. was so strange, but impressive looking. Anyway. That's um, how you get heat. So they made Make this big X ladder, and then after the spot with it, Jay Lethal put it outside the ring. But yeah, because he just kind of tried to toss it, yeah. But, but it was not much. It wasn't his fault. No, it was, it was like, just it was, weird and awkward, and it almost like caught like a wheel. Yeah, because yes, because it was like a giant Tonka toy or whatever. <laughs> like like it was a like it landed and then just sort of bounced on its own and flipped, it rolled, like rotated, rolled, and it like the spun crowd. and rolled like feet first into the crowd pretty fast. Yeah. And everybody, the entire, the bit that might have gotten the biggest reaction of the night. The whole crowd is just like, <gasps> yeah. and then and, chanted, uh, that's a lawsuit. Yeah, which it is. I, I'm, <laughs> listen, more power to whoever that thing hit in the face because it hit somebody. The, the security and Ring of Honor crew was down there for a while making sure everything yeah. was okay. Yeah, if that had hit me, I'm going to tell you right now, if that had hit me, no more Ring of Honor. If that had hit, if, no, if that had hit me, if that had brushed my head, my ear, I would have bumped. I would have gone on the ground and screamed <laughs> and demanded a gurney take me to an ambulance and take me to the hospital. Like there, I would have been suing MSG and and, and Sinclair and Ring of Honor. Forget Ring. I mean Sinclair and, and MSG for billions of dollars. Yeah, and yeah, you would have come out on Ring of Honor next week in the neck brace, and you would have been like, "I own Ring of Honor now." You'd be the new McMahon. And been, then to New Japan, you'd be like, welcome to America. I'm you like the only everything. guy. That lawsuit, my ear. that lawsuit would have been so big. Greg the Virgin would have been my attorney. Yes. And uh, by the way, he's a real attorney. If anybody need, ever needs legal services, he's your guest. Yeah. GG. I might be the I might be the best case. The, the best case scenario about like a ladder going into the crowd and really hurting somebody is that that's like a $500 million lawsuit, but whoever it is that got hurt by it is probably somebody who would like take Ring of Honor instead. Sinclair would just be like, we'll let you, we'll let you be our head booker for the next five years and that person would be just like, like, like paralyzed okay. and like, yes, sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, funny. It's true. Uh, anyway, and then congratulations to Matt Taven. That was, a, it was a really good match and just that last simple spot of that back, drop, back bump that, that Jay Lethal took on the ladder was super good and then right. Okada Jay White, 32 minutes, 
everything you would have hoped for in that match. We wa- we started off, I think we talked about it on the show, not sure who was going to win because it didn't make a lot of sense to take the belt off Jay White and it didn't make a lot of sense to, put, to, to not let Okada close the show with the victory. But when it was going on last, I felt like as soon as the match started, I was like, yeah, Okada's going to win. It's just a matter of how we get there. And there was a, bu- a bunch of times in the match where Jay White looked like he had done enough to 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 lose. Like he had done enough to make it okay to lose. Yeah, that's what you were saying. Like proud in a loss or something. Yeah, I he's like, what you were saying. Like yeah. he's, he's done enough to still look good in the loss. And then they let him do it. And then they let strong. him keep going for 20 more minutes after, or not whatever, 10 more minutes after I said it the first time. Yeah. Um, And he looked great. And Okada had to hit him with like 18 Rainmakers and like assorted uh, Tombstone pile drivers to get the win. I don't know, man. Yeah, the spinning tombstone pile driver is nice. Yeah, it was really cool. It's a nice touch, the spin. Like It was a really good match. But now let's talk about NXT so we can get out of here and okay. go watch WrestleMania. Shout out to my close personal friend, Chad Brown. Awesome seats. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, WWE. Yeah, it was, we, had a, we had a good time. We're down there. We went with Dan Soder, who appeared in the podcast. Yeah, Mostly thanks out. to Dan Soder for being a little bit famous. That probably helped out our seats. Yeah, and his buddy is a comedian, Shane. Shane Gillis. So they're trying to bring Shane back into the fold as a wrestling fan. It was a great time. It was a good time. Incredible seats. Great seats. And uh, what a great show. From start to finish, NXT TakeOver New York was the greatest wrestling show of all time. I'm just kidding. Greatest night of my life. Um, But I got to tell you. Got to see Ricochet (laughs) up close and personal. But enough enough about hanging out at the talent hotel. (laughs) (laughs) Rickister. So again... The same, a similar thing to the Ring of Honor show in that like the show opened with the match I was super excited about. Um, I was so excited. I was more than anything else in this card. All apologies to Walter and Matt Riddle and whoever else I'm supposed to be having my top three right now. But I was most excited about this tag match, partly because I didn't know what was going to happen. Of all of the things, of all of the finishes of the night, that's one where I was I was honestly interested to see like maybe we're gonna like let Alistair and Ricochet take the belts to the main roster and then win the SmackDown titles and then show up on Raw. Like, maybe we're just going to do something wild. You know, yeah, like... And they have two different divisions, belts. That'd be awesome. They could have all three. Yeah. Like, that. you know, like, the way that the story's been built, they're, like, they're they're fighting for the SmackDown titles on uh, WrestleMania, but we don't know who they're the champ. Like, we don't know what show they're on. Yeah, that would so, be great. Anyway, so that was kind of interesting, but it was a perfect NXT match. Um, the War Raiders won... Alistair and Ricochet look great in losing, and the War Raiders look like now they're going to get called up. And well, who knows? They might get called up this week. But like they're they're going to get whenever they end up getting called up to the main roster, they're going to be like, "Hey, you two guys who are the champions, we beat your butts." Right. So it's going to be potty awesome. mouth. Um, and it was nice. It was yeah, they got a they got a uh, good send off for their last match in NXT. It was I compared it to Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, everyone terrible. knew they were leaving and everyone everyone was chanting uh, you deserve it but I was trying to get in uh, I was trying to chant uh, you sold out I was trying to sneak it in there but it didn't work nobody cared yeah I think you sold out would have been great <laughs> yep. um, Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle Those guys, these guys are really good that I would kind of awesome. like to see them I can't decide if I want to see them keep feuding or if I want to see them like just come back and feud every kind of like once a year they have a big match together, like try to make this a 
That was great though. I'm trying to make this a, a, I mean, a Triple H rock thing where they're just like they're just doing sit ups all year round, and then they come in and wrestle each other. I don't think these guys have to do sit ups. I think they're just naturally ripped. Yeah. Um. Shout out to the guy in front of us who was wearing a WrestleMania jacket, who pointed out the second he saw Velveteen Dream that. It was a sensational sherry motif from WrestleMania six. Oh yeah, we walked out, and you you, you looked over at me, and you were like, "That's sherry from WrestleMania 6. Yeah, and the, I, the guy in front of me said it. No, I know, and I was like, "How the hell did you know? Like, why yeah. would that even occur to you?" And he's like, "That guy just said it." I was like, "Okay, that makes a little bit more sense." <laughs> and he's like, "WrestleMania six is my shit." And I was like, "All right, good stuff." <laughs> and then we Googled it, and when Sherry and Macho Man fought Dusty and Sapphire, that was the same type uh, of guy, pants yeah. that Velveteen Dream was wearing. This is a lesson to that everybody listening. To this find find one thing and know a hundred percent about it. Yep, hundred and twenty percent about it. Shout out to that guy. Don't just be a wrestling fan who's a semi-respected wrestling expert. I'm looking at the mirror right now. I was about to say, just yeah. pick WrestleMania like eleven and know every fucking thing about it. Yeah. Um, it would have been great to be that guy who knew immediately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> that was awesome. That was impressive. We're like, what? <laughs> the match was super good. Yeah. It was Co- a sort of a double turny thing. As much as the fan is behind the fans are behind Riddle, the NXT fans, you know, yeah. think he's the There's best thing no in the way. world. They were ready for him to turn heel. When he started with those, like, I haven't watched the, the replay. I mean, I've watched it on the network, but when he started doing the the forearms, like the relentless beatdown of Velveteen. Uh-huh. The crowd was just like, all right, let's give us heel Matt Riddle. Let's do this. Yeah. But that was a big Velveteen crowd in there. Velveteen is going to be over nuts. no matter what at those crowds. Yeah. Um, but I didn't think there was any way he was losing there. It was um, fantastic. We were talking about, though, uh, how even last night walking out of G1, I think we said it, but I noticed it the past two nights is that my bloodlust has been completely replaced with, oh, God, I hope that guy doesn't break his neck. And I remember you because saying, you get old. I know you saying a couple years ago saying that and being like, yeah, I just think about it. I hope these guys don't get hurt. And I was like, oh, God, come on, man. These guys are pros, blah, blah, blah. But then sitting up there, if, especially with NXT, like that second row, you see them coming and landing on their necks and everything. Ugh. Yeah. And meanwhile, you used to just to, like be like, hit them again. With I had the chair. my annual conversation. I told you this, but for the people listening, I had my annual conversation with Chris Hero yesterday or the day before yesterday. And, uh, I asked him, I hope he doesn't mind that I say this. It's not like there's no, there's, this isn't a kayfabe thing, but I was like, he's the smart, he's one of the smartest people backstage. I mean, he's just, mm-hmm. I mean, he just knows everything about professional wrestling. And so I was like, oh, dude, I'm so glad I saw you. I have a question. And I'm sure he was like, like, oh, how's my NXT UK stint going or whatever? Right. Like he was expecting something normal. And I was yeah. like, do they, the indie guys, uh, you know, it's, it's a Japanese style thing. I was like, the Japanese wrestlers, know a different way to land to do belly to back suplexes or do they just not care about landing on the top of their heads because every because that's a, that was a, it's a huge thing in new japan there's yeah. a huge, it's just one of those very basic questions that like i don't ever hear anybody ask right and he was like actually i have an answer and i was like really it's like yeah japanese like you know back in this is for people listening to this like but you'll hear stories about people like training to be wrestlers in like the United States in, in the 70s or 80s or whatever and there are, there are stories like oh Hiro Matsuda would make you do 5,000 squats a day for a month before he'd even let you learn an arm bar or whatever like right. you had to just do it yeah. in Japan I guess the equivalent is like it's all he, this is what Hiro said it's like it's all bridges the, from the very beginning of training is you lying on your back you know and then bridging up under your head and your feet oh. and that's how you get the core strength to be a wrestler so all these guys have necks made of like concrete by the time right. they start really training mm. 
Um, and so there's that. And so physiologically, it's like they're more apt to take it. And then I think there's some aspect to which like it's a different, it's a, it is a different move the way you pull off those moves compared to like an old school, like what we think of as a belly to back or like a sleeper or I mean a full Nelson suplex or whatever. You, it's more of a roll through. Right. And then also there's a thing where like guys are just like you kind of, you you find out pretty early on if you're like, if you're apt to get knocked if loopy from a move no, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's certain things. And then some people just can do it every night. Yeah. Well, with Matt Riddle giving the belly to back from the second rope. That was this, you, you were more scared of that than anything I've ever seen. Yeah. I was like, uh, but that was also because Matt Riddle like could slip on that rope. You know, like there's just a lot of variables there that when he throws them and you're thrusting them up over on the your rope. head and he's on the rope, but he is barefoot. <laughs> so yeah, that, that helps. helps. Yeah. yeah, it does. But either way, I was just like, man, if he just slips and he's throwing this guy backwards, he just loses it a little bit. That freaked me out a little. I was like, eee. That is true. But I'm getting old. Um, 37, 27 on Tinder. <laughs> Uh, so that was that was that match was super cool. The handshake of great respect at the end was was a nice look. Matt Riddle might just be in the main I'm roster this week. For that. Yeah. Um, Walter over Pete Dunn. It was a brutal, sometimes plotting, but in a good way, twenty five minute match that ended with Walter power bombing Pete Dunn off of the Empire State Building. <laughs> Did you see what uh, Bill's Instagram of, about Walter? No. And he said uh, Walter's gimmick is that he's from 1947 yeah. or 1943. It's so That's funny. totally his gimmick. <laughs> I mean, so that funny. is his gimmick. He's yeah. very old school. I was just naming like horrible, like not horrible athletes, just like out of shape professional athletes that he looked like the whole time. I was like, Andrew Galata, Arvita yeah. Sabonis, like Soder. Here's the thing though. Some. Walter's in the best shape of his career. Uh, he looks fantastic. I wish more. There's nothing. This is sort of like goes back to the the conversation we always have about Baron Corbin. If you've got some extra meat, you should be wearing the briefs. Just be like, fuck you. I'm here to fight, not to pose. Yeah, I guess. This is what pro wrestlers wear. Everyone should wear pants. If my number one, if the number one thing that I'm worried about is is beating you up, uh-huh. the last thing that I care about is what it looks like when I'm doing it. Then why do they all shave their thighs, David? They don't all shave their thighs. There are a lot of hairy thighs and chests. Really? This weekend, NXT and Ring of Honor are like a lot of hairy, hairy chest. <laughs> um, this is our new podcast, Harry Thighs. Harry Thighs with David Shoemaker. <laughs> That's a good gimmick. Harry um, Thighs. Good thing. So great, great run for Pete Dunn. He deserves it. Walter, the NXT UK really needs Walter. They need a guy like Walter. Walter's going to be the, it's not even Ric Flair because he's so much more physically imposing than those guys, but like he's going to be this great heel champ. Or just this great mon- monster champ for a while. It's like a big bruiser. And it's sort of, NXT UK is doing well, but they still need to kind of sort it out. You know, there's like you turn, the first time anybody watches that show, their overwhelming, their overwhelming takeaway is like, yeah, all these guys kind of look the same. Right. The women's division is great. That, you know, the men, there's a lot of sameness in the men's side. And, and you know, Walter is really going to help with, you know, changing that perception. And also they've actually done a good job of sorting it out since it started. All that said, Walter versus Pete Dunn was freaking awesome. Pete Dunn, my, this is not based on inside info. I expect to see Pete Dunn on like on SmackDown this week, and you know, on to bigger and better things. Um, I did see a picture of him posing backstage with Taz, and he's like bigger than Taz, which is sort of really? shocking because you think all the wrestlers have gotten smaller, and right. ta- and and Taz was small then, but like he would, you would just assume he would be big now, even though he was a little dude. But no, I mean, it's, it's sort of an interesting point of comparison. Yeah. But they really only let Taz ever. Taz worked with Kurt Angle, and then he like retired. Like I don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't even. Rem, I don't remember seeing him standing next to 
Anybody Randy else? Orton or anybody. I don't. Anyway, Shayna Baszler retained, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise to me because it seemed like a, a night to do something different. But you should never be surprised, I guess, when a champion retains in a multi-person match. But that was super. That was a fun thing. And then just because we got to get out of here, I'm going to skip on ahead to Gargano versus Adam Cole, which was a two out of three falls match. It was 38 minutes long. Meltzer's already said it's the best match in American wrestling history. No, he did not. He did. What? Or he said it might be, but he oh. but he definitely is like, it's up there. Like, this is going to get, he has a five-star scale, and this is going to go over five. That was a great match. It was really good. And I think what made it super good was that, like, I didn't, I, don't, I didn't go in with low expectations. I knew it was going to be a fun, a, like, a really good match, but, like, it's not the same as, as Gargano Champa would have been. You know, it's not, it didn't have the backstory. It didn't have the layers. It almost didn't seem like the right time to let Johnny win because he just it would it would, it didn't reach that same bar, you know. Right. But man, that match was incredible. I'll tell you one thing you can I could see from the second row. You could probably see this on TV too. The end of the first fall, right before the first fall, Adam Cole was already blown up. Like his he could barely lift his arms on a couple of like just moves. Mm-hmm. And I was like this is going to go this is not going to go well. Right. We're not even one pinfall into a three fall match. And he, like, got that first pin and then took a breath and went on to have, like, the rest of that match was the match of the night. Like, he was, this is, I mean, this all is a great compliment. You see guys get blown up all the time, but, like, they had already gone so deep, and I was like, both these guys must be fucking exhausted. How are they going to do this? And then they went on to have what would have been the match of the night if it were only those two falls on, on their own its own terms. Right. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was awesome. There's some awesome spots in there. It was really, really cool. When Gargano hit uh, one of those guys with like the spinning DDT while kicking the other guy in the face when he like jumped off the side of the ring. Oh, yeah. Took like three guys out. It was great. It was like out of like uh, the Matrix or something. Yeah, but that was weirdly believable. There's a yeah, lot I know. of there were a lot I of know. Ma- it was WrestleMania like, it was weekend great. has a lot of Matrixy moves, especially if you yeah. go a little bit off the beaten path yeah. to some of these like uh, you know, hundred person venues where Hornswoggle's wrestling on a bed of nails match. But like, if you, <laughs> I would go to that. It happened eight times this weekend. I'm so Damn sorry it. that you missed it. Um, but yeah, it was a. Uh, but but he actually made that look sort of believable. Somehow. Yeah, it, it did completely. It didn't look like choreographed. It looked just like awesome. Like that guy just put together three moves in one. He so hit all those guys. Yeah, he was great. The, then they Johnny Gargano wins. He goes up on the uh, Candice LeRae comes out and celebrates with him. They celebrate for a while. They get up to the stage, and then of course, that villain, that a hole, Tommaso Ciampa comes out. Champa, sorry, comes out, and uh, you know, in the same way they've done to each other five million times, like he's going to attack him, and he just gives him a hug and says, "You deserve it." And it was great, heartwarming, mm-hmm. everything else. And then they got in an Uber together and drove away. I really saw that. Jim happen. saw them getting an Uber and is very <laughs> excited about it. I did. It was an old, beat up black Toyota Corolla with no hubcaps. It was hilarious. <laughs> I don't think you get to pick your Uber. I don't think they're on. Like, I know you don't, but it was just crazy to see him win the title that night, like, and then like three hours later, see them like squeeze into the back of an Uber, like three of them, and uh, and the car was all like beat up. It would be super funny if on Uber there was like it's you know at the bottom there's the toggle where it's like Uber Uber Black Uber uh, XL Uber whatever if there Uber was just crap just Uber Jalopy <laughs> and yeah, Uber Lemon <laughs> like I'm willing I'm willing to get into anything to save two dollars that would be yeah. fantastic. Well, also you're just trying to keep a low profile. That's what I figured. Oh, you think that's what they were doing? Oh yeah, those guys know what they're doing. Um, well, they're fantastic. Yeah, I was gonna say something, but I was just like 
actually in awe when I walked by them because I was just like, oh my God, those guys are phenomenal. It's funny when you, we like, we were, we got, we went to the hotel for a minute to see our good buddies, uh, Dave Schilling and Skylar Aston and mm-hmm. all friends of the Dipperstein. pod. Dipperstein. Rosenberg was there. Linder. Um, Stack Eye Greg. All friends of the pod. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we get to see these wrestlers in real life and it's right. like, there's, it's, it is sort of just awe inspiring. To watch an Uso drink a Bud Light is the coolest thing. It's the coolest oh, yeah, thing of the weekend. Um, biggest guy there I saw up close, at least, was Abyss. <laughs> you saw Joseph Park. I don't think yeah, you saw Abyss. Yeah, but that guy is a monster human being. Like, I wasn't even up to his shoulder. Really? Yeah. Are you mad that you never got that Abyss Undertaker match that you talked about for years? Yeah. Mankind, Abyss, Mask vs. Mask. I was excited to see Honky Tonk Man or Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Didn't see either of them there. Did you? Yeah, I saw Brutus. He was in there? Uh, no, he walked by. Someone pointed him out. Someone was like, here comes Brutus. Was and he, I was like, yes. Was and then he kind of like walked cotton? towards the, the bar, but then like took a, took a, he was carrying around the, the pruning shears. I'm not joking. <laughs> yes, you are. No, he, he, the whole time. He's like, just in case you don't recognize someone me. Someone told me this weekend. He did, everywhere he went, he had the big pruning shears. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm in fucking Brooklyn. I need something. I mean, you think you get arrested for carrying around a big blade like that. Yeah. Um, how'd he look? I haven't seen him in forever. I, I saw him from a distance. He looked better than I expected him to. Did he have the butt cheeks cut out of his pants? <laughs> yeah. Nice. He was, just wearing, <laughs> he was just wearing dockers, but the butt cheeks were cut out. <laughs> Sweet. Just so you know, it's him. Just in case you guys don't remember, I have these shears and the butt cheeks cut out. I don't want to see. I didn't. I mean, I didn't want to. I did not see Honky Tonk Man, who I wanted to see in real life. I know, but I, but I, I didn't need to. I feel like I've seen him so many times on shoot videos in the past like year that. Yeah, that does take away from it. It's like going to a high school reunion, but you have Facebook. You're like, I already know what's going on. Like if I had just seen. That's Honky a good Tuck point. Man, has has high school reunions become less interesting? Oh, definitely. I mean, have they become do, do, do people not go anymore? Is this like an inefficiency in like in the market? Should should the ringer like tech desk be writing a piece about how nobody watches? No, I mean, how nobody goes to high school reunions anymore because of the internet? Yeah, Skylar Aston did take a big super kick last night. Apparently, yeah, that was great. I saw Dan it on Black Instagram. or another friend of the pod, Dan Black, had a comedians of wrestling podcast live show, and Dolph Ziggler super kicked Skylar Aston. It's on Instagram. It should be on Skylar's Instagram. It's on Dan's Instagram. What else do we need to talk about that happened? Anything else from Hall of Fame? Um, Tori Wilson had a great night about being a big part of everybody's puberty. That what she had a line about that. Yeah, good for her. I she love. She was her. like, I, "Like, thank you so much for being a part of your lives." And if I understand that, you know, correctly, a big part of your puberty. And That's like the great. new day, all just stood up, or Xavier and uh, <laughs> Big E just stood up and started applauding <laughs> immediately. That's great. Yeah, Brutus the Bar. Okay, so Honky Tonk Man looks sort of like he's always looked. He's got. He's not. He might have the long ponytail, but last night he looked like just an old man. He kind of looked like a grandmother dressed as Elvis or something. He looked. You know, good. he listens to this pod. I like him. We're never going to get him. I'm on. The, he, I hope he listens to this pod. I was putting him over like nobody's business when he got when everyone <laughs> else was saying he shouldn't be in. Brutus the Barber looks a little bit like Abyss. He, yes, he's like much more solid and weird. Like he looks sort of like 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 uh, who is the vampire? Vampiro? No, the WWE one. Gangrel. Yeah, Gangrel. I was thinking of Dave Heath and I couldn't remember his name. He looks sort of like Gangrel now. He's just like all like, like bu- blocky and solid yeah. and the brushed back hair. Yeah. Um, the Hulkster wasn't there, was he? 
Hulk inducted him. Oh, you're saying at the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the party. The bar. No, I did not see Hulk Hogan at the bar. But how was Hogan's speech then? Uh, Stevie Ray looks like a million bucks, by the way. Did Hogan induct him? Hogan was fine. And then DX was really funny. No, there was a great spot at the beginning of the DX thing where like, uh, right when they came out where uh, Billy Gunn had a bag and they were like, he was hiding behind everybody else while they were like, Billy, Billy, put that bag away. Like acting like something bad was going to happen. And he pulled out a water, like a super soaker. Mm -hmm. And then they're making all these penis jokes about it, which sounds really great to retell the joke. But like he he finally like pointed at the crowd and like pulled the trigger and it was like this like tiny little like arching sprinkle that fell down <laughs> and Triple H was just like it's okay Billy when we get to our age that happens <laughs> uh, that's good. it was fantastic and yes. uh, it was good to see those guys it's good to see like as much as they overhype the legacy of DX in WWE not overhype but they just like try to make it sometimes into something that it wasn't exactly. Um, I mean, they were pretty big, man. No, no, they were big, but they're it's the like the biggest but, faction ever in WWF. But they weren't the NWO. Like they didn't change anything. It's like, like, like if if DX, if like Stone Cold Steve Austin had been a member of DX, then okay. Right. But like Stone Cold Steve Austin was fighting the power, and DX was just like making dick jokes. True. And they were two. They were at various points the most important wrestler in the company. Don't get me wrong, but like the NWO was like a gimmick. It was an angle that was changing wrestling. Right. DX was not the same. Still a big part of my puberty. DX was am- was amazing. The nineties would have been nothing without DX. I know. But the, but it's just like but they didn't have like a po- the political residence of Stone Cold or the NWO. That's yeah, all I'm saying. I understand. I understand. The point is, after all the whenever they make it seem like they're a little bit more significant than they were, at least in that way, they were incredibly important. It's nice that they remember that they were about dick jokes. It's nice that they yeah. remember that it was it was corny. It they were jokes that you would be embarrassed to tell your friends. But because it's like a very confident, tan, muscular man making the joke, it becomes even more, like way funnier than it should be. How was their uh, tribute to China? Um, Fine. Yeah, nothing. Did they get upset or anything? No. Triple H got really upset at fans uh, doing the indie kind of version of the Too Sweet chant. The Too Sweet. He just like tore them a new asshole. Oh, awesome. He's like, that like Good. the shit like the stuff that we did is cool. That yeah. chant is not cool. Yeah. Good for him. But it's like, <laughs> really? Like that is the chant that sets him off? <laughs> yep. And I've heard a lot of chants this weekend where I was just like, please, you're not you, not all wrestling fans. Shout out to the one fan at G1 that you said was doing the uh the count out chant to the ref. Oh, the Twinkies chant? <laughs> yes. Man, I missed that <laughs> which, chant. Which is my new favorite chant of all time. I didn't even hear it. Just you told me a story about it five minutes later and I'm like, what? I missed this? This is the greatest thing ever. Oh, man. Um, oh, and shout out to uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix who got us on TV. Yeah. By the time that most people listen to this, WrestleMania probably will have started and no one's listening, you know, and no one okay. cares. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you all of the inside information I've heard about WrestleMania did not. I will say this. No. There's some cool stuff that's going to happen. Enjoy WrestleMania. Let's get this podcast up. Yep. Thank you, Jim, for having it. And um, I'm so excited about this. We'll see you back here in a couple of days. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. 